everybody. Welcome to Leaning In, the podcast from Leading the Lean to talk about what's going on with Leading the Lean and how to best use the process and use the system with inside your plants and with inside your factories. Uh, my name is Eric Whitley. Uh, I have on the uh, line with us today uh, Devin Baldwin, uh, Bob Argyle, Mark Hungerford, and what's that other guy's name? Oh, yeah, Tyler Whitaker, our CTO. Um, and today with us, we have a special guest. We have uh, Phil Anderson. Phil is the uh, director of IT for AutoLeave North America. How you doing, Phil? Good, thank you. Yeah, good. Thanks for being here. Everybody else, can you guys are on? Did you guys say anything? <laughs> you didn't let us say anything. Okay, all right. Just want to make sure that you're awake. And Tyler, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm glad you remembered me. That's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's nice to be memorable. Uh, <laughs> Let's don't get carried away. I would, I would go into the right things. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Hey, so you know, Phil, today what I wanted to talk about, and and we've had a lot of discussions about this, and a lot of things that we've dealt with uh, with the folks out in the manufacturing world is, you know, leading the lean is probably. As far as I know, and I've been doing this for a long time, probably one of the premier cloud-based systems that is being used in manufacturing today. But some of the issues that we really deal with is the fact that it's a cloud-based. And it's a changing culture, this this cloud-based. I was telling somebody the other day, you know, that the, the world of, of getting a floppy disk or getting a CD and installing software into a mainframe somewhere is kind of going to be gone here pretty soon, wouldn't you think? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, uh, what you've said, you know, that it's it's a changing uh, changing culture. It always has been. It's it's continually evolving. Um, it's it's one thing that makes IT interesting, right? You know, you know that from one day to the next, uh, things are going to change. And they're going to change fast. It's not a matter of if, it's when. And so, um, you know, most of us on this call, I would say, um, started our careers back when, you know, a cell phone was a huge brick that somebody packed around and they weren't in everybody's hands. Um, Internet was pretty new um, when we started out. And so we look at where we've come in, in just that amount of time is continually evolving. I'm I'm excited to see where it goes, obviously, but yeah, you're right. This is a this is a moving target. So we were having a discussion a little earlier and, and, and Tyler Tyler said it great about kind of the IT side of this whole process is is it is is their job really to be the gatekeepers and to hold their ground and kind of you know, don't let anything in, or is their job really to innovate and, and help improve the business from their side of the business? And and I thought, man, that was that was really insightful. And and so, any insights on on how do you how do you transfer people's minds from that gatekeeper mode to the hey, I can help actually make more product from an IT standpoint? So. Uh, th that's a great question, and there's two things really that that we that we're dealing with here. One is the the data security side of things. You know, every day you see uh, issues with security breaches. The Democratic National Convention this week was was a big one, right? WikiLeaks hacked them, and and now all their their stuff is is out there public. So 
big big concerns from a data security side. So so when you say you know IT kind of tends to 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 maybe be a roadblock, it's more in regard to security of their intellectual property, their their critical data. Uh, I have always said that our manufacturing systems are um, that that is the the backbone to our business. We anybody could take our product, cut it open, and see what it's made of, but they can't see how we make it. Right? They can't see the the process and the systems involved, the pokey oaks, the all of the the um, error proofing and error checking that that we do in in building our products. So that that information is is a competitive advantage to us, and we view it as such. And so it becomes really critical from a data security perspective that that is secure. And if we're putting our crown jewels out there in the in the cloud, man, how secure are those crown jewels? And are we concerned with that information out there? But the second thing, so security is one thing. The second thing that that you touched on, and that is the innovation point. And what I'm seeing more and more of, and, and I and I personally fall into this category, I love to to do new stuff and to be innovative and look at what's out there, what's changing, what can we go do. Um, so AutoLeave, from a mergers and acquisitions perspective, has done a lot over the years. We've acquired different companies, different technologies as we move from um, active safe, or as we move from passive safety, which protects us in the in the event of an accident, to active safety, which helps us prevent the accident from ever occurring, um, those are really innovative technologies that are out there that we have been acquiring. And the reluctance initially from the IT folks that we get engaged with when those mergers and acquisitions come about has been certainly around their data privacy and their their, their crown jewel data, but then on the innovative side, we we spend a lot of time having to look at this and say, how can we do it better? What's what's a better way of doing this? We see a lot of old old ways of thinking, old ways of doing it, and and a lot of um, reluctance to change. I I would say. Right, right. Tyler, maybe maybe you could jump in a little bit. I mean, Tyler's been kind of on the on the front edge of cloud security and we'll just talk about a little bit about it but but what what are some when we talk about innovations tyler what are some of the innovations that we've had in cloud security over the last let's say five years well you know that's a really good question i think uh when most it organizations look at the cloud that's the immediate knee-jerk reaction is wow I, i'm losing control of my data but when you really think about um the internet age that we live in and the cell phone generation that works in our in our facilities um the internet's already pervasive throughout your plant right people have cell phones people have uh you know all kinds of devices that they can capture video they can capture audio uh, they can send data inside in your in your plant and outside your plant uh independent of your network typically and so um I think people are really starting to look at uh, security from a whole different different light. That it, it doesn't matter necessarily where it resides. It, the the security around it is really what uh, what's key. Yeah. And so you know the the public key encryption technologies, the the different uh, security uh, technologies that are out there now, 
have really been uh, fine-tuned for that. And so a lot of times you'll find that data that you put in the cloud is much more secure than the on-premise data yeah, in some yeah, cases. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Awesome. I was just going to throw in, too, you know, most cloud-based solutions offer the ability to store, you know, your recipes, you know, data that you consider to be your crown jewel data, you know, you can still store that usually internally on a server if you feel more comfortable that way. Um, you can access it, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of options there, but I think Tyler's hit on it right there is, you know, I I, I mentioned, er, you know, earlier that you know, I watched this big headline of 60 Minutes that, you know, some the Chinese is hacking into somebody, into some company, and, you know, corporate espionage is a big deal, but, so I, I had to watch, because I work in the, you know, in software, in the cloud, and I want to see what they did, and, you know, I'd be really curious to find out how WikiLeaks and these, these other organizations hack into, you know, the Democratic Convention or whatever it is, but in this story, you know, it wound up being an engineer that worked for the company, was bought off by the Chinese, and, he gave them their software. Uh, yeah, so and I would, had nothing to I would, do with any of the. Yeah, you know, exactly. that, and you know, the headline was they hacked into them. Well, how did they hack into them? Well, they paid somebody off. <laughs> they had a password. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I would say any of the big ones like that. Or seriously, yeah, you would almost have to have somebody inside. And in a lot of those cases, I would think big money payoffs are are part a big part of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Phil, Phil, uh, you know from a from a plant, you know, a lot of the people who listen to our podcasts are, are admins or people with inside of the plants that are implementing uh, lead, not only leading the lean, but other cloud-based solutions. Tell us a little bit, how, how, how do we, and how, and how do these folks, how do we talk to, um, you know, the 20-year IT guy? How do, how do we get them on board when it comes so, to this type of stuff? So those guys are really classic don't move my cheese guys, right? <laughs> yeah, right? And so for anybody that doesn't know what that is, go find that book. Don't it's called Don't Move My Cheese. And uh you know they don't want change. They don't these guys have been doing what they do. They've done it for a long time and, and they're they're in a routine and, and man they they're you know extremely efficient in that role and and afraid of change not necessarily maybe not afraid but they they're they're just reluctant they don't they don't like it so what what we have done and we've even seen this evolve within autoleave over the my 25 year career here and that has been um you have to you have to push innovation you have to drive innovation especially with people that have the the tenure that we have here so We've made it a part of our metrics, our organizational metrics um, here, in which we, you know, we, we do it to the employees out on the floor through Kaizen suggestions, and we measure the number of Kaizen suggestions that are submitted by the employees. But for the longest time, the support organizations like IT, we've been reluctant to really participate in that. But lately, we have done that. We started doing that, and we've seen more and more opportunities arise as a result of just empowering people to go try stuff. I, I, I remember we recently went out and visited a company, uh, you know, we went and visited a company just to get some ideas on innovation. They were a Silicon Valley company and their motto was go fast and break things. And I love that. 
Go fast and break things. Um, we, we've got to be able to, to take some chances, take some risks. Certainly, you don't want to take the company down, but uh, but I love that motto, and I and I've driven that here with my guys uh, here at AutoLeave to just take a risk, go out and find something new, find something different that uh, that may be innovative and right on the edge, and and let's look at it. Let's not be afraid to try that, but but it's a hurdle you got to get over, especially with long long-term employees that have been around for a long time. You you have to drive it. You have to manage it. You have to you have to prod them, so to speak, to, to go there. Awesome. That's awesome. That sounds funner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going fast, going fast. Sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. So I have a this is this sounds vaguely familiar, Phil. I think I was sitting in your office one time and you you explained your your easy button philosophy. Maybe maybe yeah. you could share that. That goes hand in hand with this. Can I right? say it in the podcast? Yeah, we'll Break, keep you out. Yeah, make it easy. If you're, if you're not making it easy, you're making it hard. So be on the side that's making it easy. That's my philosophy. It, it's true, right? It's uh, you got to ask yourself, we can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way. Like, yeah, choose right. the easy way. Yeah, yeah, there are so many ways. And I am, you know, as an IT director, I would say I am not a highly technical IT director. So... What I do is surround myself with technical IT guys, and so it's hard sometimes to get these guys out of their shell and out of what makes what's comfortable for them. But I think by driving them to be innovative and to come up with new ideas and look at things differently, and and you know it's just been good. It's been exciting. We've recently in the Brigham City facility. Uh, you guys will see when you when you come in here again. We've got a uh, we we just finished constructing what's called our innovation lab. And it's just an open office, a lot of windows. Our guys are going to sit in an open office environment down there. And we just want people to come in and give us ideas. And, and, and we want to take that and run with it. We want to develop mobile applications, um, different things that are going to be able to provide quick wins to the, to the end user, uh, both from a mobility perspective as well as, uh, you know, the office workers sitting down at their PCs. We want to develop Faster, better, quicker applications that are that are going to help us drive uh, continuous improvement. Because at the end, that's what leading to lean gives us, right? The ability to continuously improve, uh, improve, and and that's that's what we want to do in the IT support organization as well. That's cool. I can't well, wait you to know, that. You know, Phil. I think you you guys. You know, I've I've known that that group there for many many years, and. It amazes me how talented they are, and you know to see you know to see kind of the transformation that they went through has been so fun. You know, you guys, you basically don't do anybody favors by letting them, you know, by not moving their cheese and not pushing them. And no, absolutely, so, and they'll stay there. Know, yeah, and, yeah, and, and you want you you want the guys. I you know I I I remember going around the IT group. Yeah. Because they would always say no, yeah. and it's so much more refreshing to go to you. You want to you want those guys to be on your team, and so when you go to them and they say no all the time, eventually you just go around them and you hire your own programmers and do your own thing, and then they're upset with you and you're upset with them. But it's so much more refreshing to go to an IT group and say, hey, we got a problem to solve. Here's some ideas we have, and have those guys just get involved, yeah, and get excited about it, and and help you find the way there. Yeah, there might be some some challenges along the way or some some concerns they have, but instead of going, oh, no, you can't do it, and here's all the reasons why, you know, 
yeah, we can do it. And here's, you know, there's problems, but we'll get through them. So that's a great, great example. And to give you one thing we started doing, and I mentioned this in my in my last staff meeting, we're going to stop going in to to the different teams with uh, with a, a pre a predefined or pre um, determined outcome of of a problem, right? We're going to not go in there and say, hey, we've got this problem. We want you to go and put two additional servers and uh, some additional bandwidth in this site, that's going to solve our problem. What we're going to do is we're going to go in and we're going to say, okay, here's the problem we're trying to solve. What's the best way to solve it? Let, I'm not going to predetermine any outcome. I, I want these guys, I want to empower them to give me maybe a better solution than I would have gotten if I go in with a predetermined outcome, right? If I go in and say, this is what I want, well, that's probably what I'm going to get, but maybe there's something better. And by allowing those guys to think of a better way to do it, at the end of the day, all I care about is that that problem got solved. And, 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 if, and if we're being innovative and we're empowering these guys to go solve those problems, then we're going to come up with better, more efficient, and cool ways to do that. So, and that's so going to make it fun. Basically what you're saying, Phil, is that employee engagement and employee empowerment happens at all levels of the organization, whether you're standing next to a machine making a part or you're up in the IT office looking at programming. Absolutely. It's, it's completely relevant because I, we, the, the, the guys that I surround myself with on my team, these are some extremely bright people. Like Bob said, they're very smart people. And by not engaging and not empowering them, I, I turn off that resource. Yeah, and yeah. why would I do that? You know, we, we want to encourage that. We want to encourage them. It's just like the operators on the line. Yeah, sure, the design engineer that designed the product, he's a pretty smart guy. But I promise you, that operator that builds that part every single day, day in, day out, he knows a, a lot about that part as well. And, and his knowledge and his input is, is very valuable in the continuous improvement process. Getting them involved also gives you a little more time to do other things like fly fishing or something like that. Right? <laughs> well, well, they like it, right? I mean, if I if I knew that you know my boss was coming to me and I mean he he wants me engaged and wants my opinion on a lot of things, it changes the day up. You know, things aren't so um, you know routine. It's fun. It's funner. Yeah. So, I'll, so Phil, me, I have a go ahead. I have yeah. a question. So I'm doing the math in my head, and I know that there's quite a few thousand people that work for your company. If everybody <laughs> comes up with uh, one suggestion for change a year, that represents a few thousand suggestions for changes. How do you filter through all those and, and pull out the meaningful changes and, and act on those? Well, so, so you have to have governance, right? We, we do have IT governance, so as new ideas do come up, um, those are reviewed at the functional area. So, you know, let's say we get an IT, uh, an IT suggestion regarding MES. That uh, manufacturing execution systems uh, idea would go before uh, Danny Jackson and his team on the manufacturing execution system side, and we would review that and then uh, decide where that needs to fall on a priority list based on the other projects that we have in the queue and that we're working on. But we've almost had to, and this is one of the changes we've made, because we are a very lean organization, I don't have unlimited resources. We, we've had to carve out some folks 
um, to focus on innovation, to focus on uh, these new ideas, to so that they just don't go to the back burner and stay. We want to take the good ones and move forward with them and encourage people to continue to give us ideas. Um, we've used a lot of things like SharePoint, our IT SharePoint site. Um, we we promote a lot of the new ideas. We we go get the guy that suggested it. We bring them in to a team. We take pictures. We put them up on SharePoint. We encourage the behavior, so to speak. But um, it does go before it does go before our uh, governance boards. So regarding whichever functional area it falls into. Good. I was going to say full disclosure here. Um, Phil, along with a lot of people on this phone call, I know Bob, but Phil and I have been good friends for a long time. I, I remember about 20 years ago, I uh, I went to go fly fishing one night, and I was walking along the river, and there was a guy standing in the water, and it was Phil, and he invited me over and really kind of showed me how to fly fish, and so uh, so we've been uh, we've been talking fishing for quite a few years, eh, Phil? Yeah, and that's a much better topping. In fact, as soon as I didn't hear, that's, <laughs> yeah, we, that's, let's that's do a podcast where I'm going. That. So. Exactly. Yeah. No doubt. That, no that's, doubt. that's what keeps your sanity. But Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, any other questions from the guys? Do you have any other questions for Phil while he's here with us? All right. I think that, so, I think that was a good discussion, really. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I have one final one comment. Okay. Yeah. Phil mentioned the motto, my motto, the motto, uh, move fast and break things. Yeah. That's probably not FedEx, right? Yeah, it's not FedEx. <laughs> <laughs> One last question that I had for you was, tell us a, a little bit, how has, how has using cloud-based solutions, how has that really changed the world at, at Autoleave? Wow. I, so I, I don't think we I don't think we do it near near enough. I think we are starting down that path. Um, there's just so much opportunity. I mean, you think about just the physical hardware um, that that you don't have to buy, maintain physically um, by going to a cloud-based solution. Um, what I'm seeing too is a lot of our lower-level applications. So. Right now, it has become extremely, we've had a lot of focus on standardizing manufacturing execution systems, ERP systems globally. Well, that becomes less important as you start taking your data, pumping it to a cloud layer, and then commonizing it and being able to report off it. Now, to have to go rip and replace standard traceability systems that are working today, or ERP systems, that might be different across the globe. Why does that matter? Because I'm I'm commonizing my data, I'm pumping it to a common layer, and now I can take a single tool and report on that data. That is so powerful. The cost of rip and replace is so massive that if you can avoid it, you avoid the pain of having to do it, and you avoid the cost of having to do it. And that is huge. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah perfect. How's that helped your, you know, I know that uh, uh, years ago, that one of the issues was, you know, IT resources, and you know, you mentioned that Autoleave is pretty lean. Um, I, I would hope that you feel like that we're a part of your IT team, and we feel that way. But uh, oh, uh, yes, absolutely. And I think you know, one way that uh, you know, especially other customers and stuff that are using your tool, I would encourage that uh, those IT support teams to 
get engaged with it. You see how it's not just an improvement tool on the manufacturing floor. You can use that application in, in any support organization. For us, critical, critical systems being monitored that I need notification escalation on, we can, we can do that. And, and the, the beauty of that is your API. It's so, it's just so simple. We can connect any, any system to that and get notification and escalation on any issues or downtime that might occur on those uh, critical pieces of equipment. So use it, use that. Uh, I mean, there are companies out there that charge millions of dollars you know, they charge a lot of money to do that thing, to do that very thing. And and you've got a tool right here that if you use that and connect that and monitor it and then use it just like we do uh, the PMs on the manufacturing floor. We, we we do PMs on our on our hardware as well. So do we document that? Are we using the system to our benefit in that area? It just is, you know, it's huge to, to the support organizations. You know, you brought up, you brought up the API um, this topic, and and it reminds me of Bob and I were spending some time with a client, and uh, we ran into uh, an IT uh, gentleman who who sat in the back of the room, was fairly quiet uh, during the presentation about what was going on, uh, had a few negative remarks, kind of felt like his sandbox was was being piled into a little bit, and. When we mentioned uh, the fact that we had, you know, the open API stuff that he could he could tap into, um, boy, Bob, did he do a 180 or what? I mean, he was he was jazzed when he when he finally realized that he could he could join in the fight and and kind of use some of those skills of of tapping into the APIs, doing a little bit of programming and and getting some of that information. It, it was uh, it was a moment that. Uh, yeah, that's where their cheese doesn't have to totally be moved, right? I mean, you can take a, a system that's near and dear to their heart, use the API, and, and, and now you've just harnessed the, the power of that application. There, there's no, what, what I think we want to, what we want to send the message is that keep your systems that, that you have in your facilities, take the good things that you're doing in different applications and just use the API to, to make it better. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's the that, that's that's where really the power comes, and that's where you can start to engage these guys that are really afraid of you moving their cheese. So you, yeah, you have a great example of that. Good, good. I'm hearing kind of a common theme in this conversation, and that's becoming engaged and actively uh, participating in different, you know, in your different activities. And it, it seems to me like that's super important when it comes. Not only in your you know your day to day activities with your coworkers, but also with software, um, and with you know with vendors and so on, up, yeah. up the chain and down the chain. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I think I think you're only going to see it get bigger and bigger. From so so a lot of what we see happening right now today with leading to lean, especially, is really internal to Audley. I think phase two for us and for you is going to be connecting to your suppliers, connecting to your customers. Um, that's really how, how does that journey start to take off? How does that snowball roll downhill? Um, yeah. I think there's just more power to be harnessed there. Yeah, great. All right, folks, we are just about out of time. Uh, I want to thank Phil Anderson, Director of IT for Autoleave North America, for joining us. Appreciate it, Phil. Thanks for your 
insight and uh, your uh, you know your expertise. It uh, oh, no means a lot to us, and I know it'll it'll help help our listeners too as well. So. Hey, thanks guys. Anytime, feel free to engage anytime. Yeah, thanks everybody else. Uh, thanks Bob, Devin, Tyler. Thanks for joining in, Mark. So thanks everybody for joining us on Leaning In uh, podcast uh, from Leading to Lean. If you have any questions about Leading to Lean or want to talk to one of us, go to our website at leadingtolean.com. That's leading number two lean.com, and we'll be glad to answer any questions that you have. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next time.